Hey guys, next week is Christmas and I wanted to talk about um, grief and loss and the effects it has on us during the holidays. Um, I've seen a lot of posts over the last uh, week or so of friends that are having a hard time right now because they don't have a loved one or have lost a relationship or a job. So I wanted to I wanted to bring on a, a good friend of mine. Her name's Vicki Hagedorn um, onto the show because I know that for me personally, the holidays has been a very traumatic time in the past and a lot has happened for me during, during the holidays. My mom uh, went into the hospital December 21st of 2001 and she ended up passing away mm. February 18th of 2002. Um, and I remember it like it was yesterday. It landed on a Monday when she passed away, not to mention other traumatic experiences that have occurred um, during the holiday season for me. Uh, so f- let's just say that December, January, and February haven't been the greatest months in the past for me. So I know firsthand how hard it is, um, not just financially for some, but also very emotionally. So um Vicky has helped uh, me walk through some losses in my life, uh, especially this year. She is probably the only one I trust to talk mm-hmm. about this stuff. Um, she's been teaching on a method called grief recovery for about 16 years. And she's, she's walked through the process herself multiple times and continues to do so. Um, she leads uh, these grief recovery classes throughout the year. And so uh uh, and the class is about a nine-week course, and we'll talk more about that a little later um, in the podcast. But I wanted to bring Vicky on um, to help us know how uh, we can walk through the holidays with these emotions, um, some of them very overwhelming, um, and have her give us some tools that I know that will help us through uh, this season. So I'm, I'm so, so grateful that um, you were able to join us, Vicky. Um, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> Again, <laughs> this is the second time we're recording this podcast. The first time was awesome. And then we heard the audio and it wasn't so awesome. So mm, technical um, difficulties. So we're, yes. Yes. No <laughs> echo. Hopefully on this one, I'm not hearing anything. You're not hearing anything. Mm-mm. Um, okay. So please tell us how you stumbled upon, uh, Grief recovery. Um, what is grief, right? Because some people um, mm-hmm. uh, think is one thing, and it's really a, a lot of other things too. Um, mm-hmm. And and what are some ways and things that we could do to walk through this holiday season emotionally? So, thank, thank you, you again. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you, Isa. Thank you so much. I so appreciate your um, inviting me on and, uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate your journey and letting me be a part of it. It's been a complete honor to get to know you and to work with you this year. It's been encouraging, inspiring, and I'm just so proud of you. Really proud of you. you. Um, and thank you. I love your, uh, podcast and everything that you're doing. So it's, it's <laughs> so cool to be affiliated with you. So awesome. yes, um, Actually, there there is a lot to share on this subject of grief and loss. Mm-hmm. And when uh, well, first, what I wanted to do is kind of go over, like she said, uh, like Issa said, about what it what it really is. So um, 
like she said, my name is Vicki Hagedorn, and I went through grief recovery 16 years ago, personally, when my parents were going through divorce. And I realized, um, actually, uh, friends of mine realized that I needed help because I'm a doer and a goer, and I just get busy when I'm not sure how to deal with things. I just get busier. And uh, I wasn't handling it very well, even though I was a big girl. I was married. I lived in my own home, mm-hmm. not at home, you know, with my parents. It was, it devastated me. And um, I had been through a lot of therapy. My background is, um, I'm now 25 years sober. At that point in life, I was about 10 years sober. So um, I had been through a lot of therapy, um, hypnotherapy, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars of therapy, which all helped mm. me, which all was helpful. Um, but the process that I went through grief recovery, I realized was different and deeper and more intense than anything I had ever been through and helped me more than all of them because I feel like it really gets down to the root of, of why we use things and why we go to other things. So that'll kind of come into what we're going to talk about. But, um, but I am, I am affiliated with, and I am um, certified by the grief recovery Institute. They have been around for over 30 years, maybe close to 40 by now. They uh, are really um, well known in the area of grief and loss they are, uh, it's the grief recovery method is what I teach and what I'm certified to do. And there's a lot of great info there, but statistics show that there is a 15% increase in individuals seeking help for emotional disorders in the month of December. Uh, Mm. it really gives credibility to the idea that holidays lend themselves to emotional stress. And that's Mm. one of the things we're really talking about in this podcast is how do we navigate through and survive and really thrive during the holidays because a lot of things can come up. There's a, an, also an increase in number of people in recovery who relapse during the holidays. Um, but before we get into um, the emotional aspect of the holidays, we must first begin by understanding grief and loss because understanding this will help us dig deeper and um, have a clear understanding. And so the first thing I'm going to touch on is what is loss? we know that the big ones that we think of right off the bat are death and divorce. Um, These two are life-changing events and they're major losses. And there are actually more than 40 other types of loss events that we will experience in our lifetime. These can include career changes, breakups of romantic relationships, moving, losing a pet, having a miscarriage. Um, It also is losses that we incur in childhood, <clears throat> abuse, loss of trust, safety, loss of innocence, um, growing up with emotionally distant, avoiding, um, addictive parents, they cause us a loss of trust and safety. We can experience um, loss from a loss of health, different phases in our lives, empty nest, um, when things, there's, there's a really good definition of loss that I love that the Grief Recovery Institute talks about. And it's that a change and a familiar pattern of behavior that causes conflicting emotions. Hmm. So if you think about conflicting emotions, that means anytime you're thinking of conflicting, it can be many things at once. You can feel happy and sad about something. You can feel excited about something new, but sad about 
the loss of what you know to be familiar. So if you think Mm -hmm. about conflicting emotions caused by the end of a familiar pattern of behavior, that covers all the things that we just talked about, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So unfortunately, the majority of us do not learn how to process through these losses. We're not raised in families that taught us, and we really don't live in a society that honors any kind of an emotional process. Uh, If you think about it, a lot of the things that we say or hear said to us in the times of loss are intellectual, you know, intellectual things to help us process. We don't really honor and give each other the space to have emotional processes because we don't know what to do with that. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But we're left with unresolved grief from these events. And all of us are grieving in some way um, through loss and things. If you think about the home you grew up in, and how was loss or grief handled? And um, mm-hmm. that's just something to think about right now. And everybody has a different story um, yeah. for that, for sure. And those are the, the coping mechanisms that we learn by way mm-hmm. of just experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second thing we talked, we, we said we're going to talk about loss and grief. So let's look for a moment at grief. What is grief? Um, grief is the normal and natural reaction to a loss of any kind. So it's normal and natural to feel sad, right? Um, And the grief that most of us carry is almost always about undelivered communication of an emotional nature. The things we've needed to say and have not said because we haven't been taught how. There's a host of feelings attached to Mm. communicating uh, our losses and our feelings. And they range from anger and pain to happiness and joy. And without knowing how to communicate we carry those for a lifetime. So if you've ever had a situation where you had to confront somebody or you have something that is hard to say, you you will feel it in your body. You physically feel it in your stomach or in your chest with anxiety, or you get a stomach ache, you can't eat. And once you make those communications, say, once you have that conversation, all of a sudden your appetite is back. You feel like you can breathe. So we know that it affects us. It totally affects us physically. So when you think of a lifetime of having undelivered communication, it's very damaging to us physically, uh, emotionally, um, all all kinds of things. And I'll go more into that. But it's an interesting thing that happens is feelings are energetic in nature. They are energy. And we carry that energy with us until we get complete. And by the way, crying in and of itself, although it's it's a good release, it isn't... um, it isn't actually grieving. There's nothing wrong with crying, but that's why 10 years later, mm. like Issa, what you just shared about your mom, it felt, it feels like yesterday. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it's why 10 years later you'll have a trigger. Like tom- you're saying that and tomorrow, December 21st is the day, uh, that anniversary that your mom got sick. And, um, yeah. It's just a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a trigger when these things happen totally. and grieving happens um, and what we learn how to process is, is how to deliver that communication. Um, sure. and what's interesting about it is it's not that easy, right? If it was, no. we'd all be doing it and we'd all be complete, sure. but we've learned all these ways to shut down, to keep it in and all, all of these things. And mm-hmm. those are things that we have to overcome or, or get, can get uh, connected to in order to make yeah. those communications. Yeah. Um, some of this are not 
fully present, um, feeling depressed, anger, either low grade or when you have those overreactions to things mm. um, that you know, like, wow, I'm reacting level 10 here. And this is just yeah. someone just like scooted in front of me a little too close on the freeway. Um, isolating, huge. Mm. Isolating, having a lack of energy. Um, this one is going back to the same behavior over and over again. Behaviors that you know are self-sabotaging, self-defeating, but feeling stuck in that and not knowing why and not really feeling like you can do it differently. Um, We talk about this a lot in the class, but one of the major and very destructive myths about grief is that time will heal. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what people tell you. And that's what we tell people when we don't realize that time will heal, you'll feel better. Um, give it time. Yeah. (laughs) And you can tell by even what you were sharing that, um, time does nothing to heal time in and of itself does nothing to heal without learning how to communicate. We will carry unresolved emotional wounds for a lifetime. It's funny because with a physical wound, we would never say that if you fell and broke your arm, you would never just say, Oh, give it time. You know, you'd go to the doctor and you'd get treatment. Well, our emotional wounds really work the same way. And without going through a treatment process and learning the appropriate tools, they will remain with us. Um, So when I do this um, in person, I I write on a board and I, and I draw right here a picture of this little girl. And um, so picture this in your mind. Okay. (laughs) A little girl and we'll call her Sally. And she, as a little girl was bullied a lot at school. Uh, When she was probably in about sixth grade, her parents got divorced. And as I'm sharing the story, imagine that you're putting a dot in the body of this little girl, all these things that she's carrying. Um, Her dad was abusive. He used alcohol a lot. Her mother was completely emotionally absent. Um, Right around that time, her dog died. That was her best Mm. friend. Um, Her sister was jealous and was physically abusive to her. And think about this. Think about as a young girl, and we don't know why most of us don't say anything when things are going on. We just keep it inside. We have fear of getting in trouble or getting someone else in trouble or this conflict. And when you grow up in a home that doesn't deal with conflict um, at all, or it's either really loud and abusive, or we just don't deal with it. You, you have no tools to do that. So you just keep things inside. And unless you as a child, like unless this young girl, Sally, who is a completely fictional character, I'm just saying right now, unless she has close people around her to support her and help her process and let her know that it isn't her fault and how she's feeling is normal and natural, these losses will stay with her. And they stay with her. And at this point, I draw Sally as an adult. So it's a bigger girl and a bigger dress. But all those dots, all those things that I shared are inside of her still. And I ask, where do these losses from childhood go? And that's right. They stay with her. And on top of that, don't you think she's accumulated more along the way? And I'm adding, you know, dots to her as we talk yeah. about that. And she did, she's, she's gone through breakups and maybe missed opportunities, jobs. She didn't get any kind of losses. There's probably been some losses as far as family members. 
Mm-hmm. But it's really easy to understand that most people on the planet are grieving something. And this also yeah. demonstrates how loss is cumulative. Yes. So important. Yes. <laughs> so important. It's a compound effect yes. of disaster. <laughs> it is. And it's so interesting because you see right here that that myth that people say, give it time. Actually, it doesn't get better with time. It actually gets worse. Because if you yeah. keep building these things up, then imagine you're just, you have no ability. And pretty soon, have, have you ever felt like you have just a little space left to breathe and you're so at your limit and capacity that you can't even handle calling someone back or, you know, like yeah. returning a yeah. call. Like it's overwhelming. Yeah. So here, here we come yeah. to this question is how do the holidays compound this issue of grief? And to, to do that, think about turning Sally or yourself, any of us, I'm going to turn us into a tea kettle. And at this point, I draw a tea kettle. So you can visualize this in your mind as a tea kettle. So you fill this tea kettle with water, and that water mm-hmm. represents unresolved emotional losses that you're carrying. And if you look at this, this young lady, Sally, she's carrying a lot. So imagine that you've got this water in your tea kettle. and now it's the holiday season and you've heard some of Sally's um, life and she's about mm. to be visited by her family. So, wow, these are some of the same family members that hurt her as a child. And so I'm going to turn up the heat a little bit under her tea kettle. Mm. And in addition, there are some family members who will not be present, like her grandmother, who was her the closest thing to her besides her puppy. Um, and I'm going to, mm. you know, add a little more fire. She's also realizing that as the year's coming to an end, she's not where she thought she would be. She's reminded of a, an old boyfriend, um, an ex relationship, and she's also facing finances um, that are she's struggling with. All these things that you're trying to okay, so you want to purchase Christmas presents, you want to all these things. You're looking at Facebook, you're seeing all these people enjoying their life and having great lives and comparing and all like just imagine. I mean, in one day you can feel the pressure and that fire just going up and up. And we call mm-hmm. these flames our triggers, all of these flames. But imagine that you put a cork in the spout of that tea kettle. Imagine that you would do that. You would never do that when you think about it. I, I make water every morning because I do my coffee, you know, in a in a thing, whatever that's called. And, um, I make hot water, (laughs) a press, a press, whatever that is. And, uh, and so imagine that you would stick a cork in a tea kettle and you know, when your water's boiling, it's whistling, it's making, it's, it's going crazy, all that energy. And if you stick a a cork in it, we call this cork shoulds and it represents the internal and external pressure that we face during the holidays. I should Mm. be happy. I should be grateful. I shouldn't feel sadness. I I should be about other people, no matter what they say. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Um, it's really easy to do that. And, um, and as we look at the picture, we can now see why there's a 15% increase in people seeking treatment, right. For emotional Mm. disorders in the month of December. And we can also see how it's the perfect picture of stress. So we can feel that it's busy and overwhelming 
And truthfully, this kind of emotional situation makes it difficult to handle even normal life situations like work, family, all the things that we we do anyway. But in December, everything's kind of elevated, right? Right. Um, But it's important to see that our capacity to experience life was already limited before we got to the month of December. Because of all those things that are unresolved in our in our hearts and in our bodies. And if you Mm. point to the tea kettle, if you see that tea kettle, you'll see how we commonly deal with all of these unresolved emotional triggers. And how do we do Mm. that? We do that by overeating, over drinking, overspending, doing things that in the moment make us feel a little bit better. And, um, mm. and we can all, ha- we all have our things that we do and we have a word for them. What's our word, Isa? <laughs> Sturbs. 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 Yep. yep. It's a, it's and, a And verb. taking this class, I, I figured out which, <laughs> what were my Sturbs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's an important part. It's the whole second class we do. We, we look at Sturbs. And um, STURBS stand for short-term energy-relieving behaviors. These are things that we do when we don't want to feel. And they have an illusion of providing relief. And we learn them through family and the culture around us. So some of those things we mentioned are over anything that we do in excess or to numb out, to not feel Mm -hmm. what we're feeling. And... um, Mm -hmm. And you, we participate in STURBS all year, right? We do that. Yeah. But if you, uh, around the holidays, we just kind of have more feelings that we're trying to navigate, more opportunities, there's parties, there's all kinds of opportunities to overdo and especially overspend mm-hmm. in this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in a program yeah. of recovery, you, you might be standing firm in your commitment not to drink or use, but find it impossible not to overeat or spend Um, But we, and we know that these are destructive behaviors and it goes back to what we said of kind of doing these behaviors, not wanting to, but not feeling able to not do them. And this is why, this is why when you have unresolved grief in your heart, that emotional energy has to go somewhere. It has to. Mm -hmm. So it just makes sense that we would go to something even for short-term relief. Um, So we understand by looking at a tea kettle analogy and seeing how that can feel like your life some days and how these behaviors Mm -hmm. can become intensified during the holidays. Um, So it also helps us understand why January can be such a difficult month as we're trying to get back into our lives because we've been checking out just to get through the holidays. Yeah. Just that's what you do. And um, Mm -hmm. so we've learned that there's multiple types of loss. And we understand that grief is about undelivered communication. And we realize that most of us are grieving in some way. And we've looked at ways we cope that are unhealthy. So now what? What do we do now? Well, we wouldn't want to stop here because that would not be fair. We want to look at some of the healthy ways to process. And I have some great tools for you guys and um, to help you through these, especially this time. Mm -hmm. And really just knowing what we just talked about, understanding grief and loss and holiday stress, that's an awareness that is a key to a positive solution. 
And that's yes. one of the first things we talk about in this little program right here that we're doing with Isa and on this podcast is that there are really four steps. And if you want to jot these down, it, it would be really helpful. There's four steps to an emotionally healthy holiday season. And the first one is having an awareness and acceptance. So because we've been conditioned to believe that we should feel a certain way, the first thing is take that pressure off, remove that cork and stop with the shoulds. Mm -hmm. So ex mm -hmm. knowing that will help you yeah. um, in a, in a great way. Um, yeah. So the second step is to transcend your sturbs. Um, have a different relationship with your sturbs. Now you realize that sturbs are not a solution to grief. They provide quick, short-term relief, but they always, no, I shouldn't say always, almost always, come with damaging longer effects, right? Overspending yeah. Yeah. Is, is really a problem after the holidays are over and you're dealing with debt. Over-drinking, over, all, all those things will, will give us damaging yeah. effects. So let your yeah. sturbs become an indicator rather than a solution. Realize mm -hmm. that when you're going there, stop. You can stop and recognize, okay, let me use this as an indicator. What am I not mm. wanting to feel? And then write it down, have a journal, yeah. write it in your phone, keep something nearby and really do this, do something different this year than you've done before. And you will get a different result. Write it down, um, get connected to what you're not wanting to feel. And remember yeah. this too, part three is that the flames did not put the water in the tea kettle. So we mm -hmm. talked about that. We talked about the flames, right? And we blame the triggers around us for the feelings inside of us. We mistakenly mm -hmm. believe that if we can just steer clear of those family members or just sleep mm -hmm. through the holidays, isolate ourselves, mm -hmm. then we're taking care of our emotional health. But truthfully, the flames are just making you aware that there's something inside of you that's unresolved. Yeah. And it helps to understand what is unresolved because you cannot intellectualize your emotions. We, yes. and, a, and, ex, and an example of that is when, when you're going through something and someone tells you, oh, you, you know, those kinds of things that people tell you, right? <laughs> oh, you should be grateful for the time that you had or pretty much anything that starts with a you should, could you just don't want to say. Um, but you know, those intellectual things that people say, and they're not emotionally helpful. So yeah. you can't and sometimes damaging. Yes. And sometimes very damaging because what does it do when someone gives you an emotional answer? I'm sorry, an intellectual answer to your emotions. A, it makes you feel mm -hmm. bad for feeling bad in the first place. Yep. You start to begin <laughs> to go, wait, what just happened? I'm all of a sudden I'm feeling guilty and bad about what I'm feeling. And um, it also makes you just shut down. That's your sign totally. to go, oh, yeah, I, I, now I remember why I don't talk about these things. It isn't safe. It isn't safe. I don't want to yeah. be judged. I don't want to be told what I should be doing. And that's thanks. Let me just have another or drink. Or how you should be feeling. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> did, you just, did you just say have another drink? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it feels better than oh, what I'm feeling. And that's what I mean when we say conflicting. It totally does. Yes. <laughs> conflicting feelings. Like you're, somebody even asks you how you're feeling and then you begin to open up and they tell you things like that. You feel worse. Uh, like I yeah, should have totally. never even opened up. It's so. And I've. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I've, I've experienced. Yes. <laughs> I'm so much more careful now mm -hmm. just to, 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 
you know, with what I say. And I was talking to someone yesterday um, and, and um, I just, I, I, I was like, I'm, I, I just listened. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, and sometimes it's hard, yes, you know, it is. sometimes it's hard to just, you know, go there and just say, Hey, you know, or, and it's just like, no, I, I if this was me, how would I want, how would I want uh, to be heard, uh, heard, mm-hmm. you know? And, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not helpful when, when the, when someone's trying to tell you how to feel. Oh yeah. Um, or what to do. <laughs> it is. It's so when, true. When it's unsolicited. Yes. Unsolicited advice. Yes. That always lands well. <laughs> That's like, and that actually brings me to the last step. Step number four is talk with safe people. And that was really cool, Isa, because it sounds like you were a safe person for somebody yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's really yeah, and I, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's not easy, like you yeah. said. And it's actually one of the great side effects, I'll say, of grief recovery is learning how to listen and how to mm-hmm. be aware of what somebody needs in that moment, especially when they are opening up about something, but safe people are really important. And writing is good. Like we were talking about up, up in the earlier ones, but writing is good, but communicating with a safe person is better. Um, it's so important because it's confession, confession, it's delivering that communication, letting it out. It's, it's taking out the cork and and, and letting that steam out and, and helping you to process. Sometimes we, as we're talking, we hear ourselves and we're processing. It's part of, of processing through emotions. It's so important. Set, take care of yourself by setting time aside to talk with someone. Um, mm-hmm. Someone you can express your heart to without being judged. And sometimes mm-hmm. you might have to give someone some pointers on how to help you. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I can you just listen for a minute? I really need to get some of these things off. And I really, it's important for me to just, if you could just listen and not give me any input or advice, don't fix me, any of those things sometimes. And people are actually happy to, to give you what you need, you know, yeah. I've noticed that. And, and sometimes you yeah. might have to kind of help people help you, <laughs> help me help you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's a really important thing to have safe people around. And like Isa was saying, people that have gone through grief recovery have learned. Uh, uh, so we talk so much about this in the class mm-hmm. in, in when we do grief recovery. Um, and if you're listening and you're getting ready to go through holidays and you, and you've experienced some things just during this podcast where you're thinking about, wow, I didn't realize that that was grief. Um, I was mm-hmm. at recently at a workshop and we were, we were speaking at an event actually. And there was a woman that came up to me and she said, I had no idea I was grieving. She was going through a divorce and she had lost her dad in the last couple months and didn't realize that she was grieving and like making that connection and putting a word to what she was feeling was grief. And, um, and the good news about that is there are tools, there are ways to process, even though you might not have learned that growing up, most of us did not. Most of us did not. So if you've discovered some things by listening that, that, that you realize that having unresolved grief 
is limiting your life in some way. It is. It's limiting our lives when we have unresolved grief because it limits us in our relationships. It limits us in our businesses. It limits everything because we're, we, we hold back. We're not able to be fully present. One of the mm-hmm. gifts of grief recovery is being able to be fully present. We can mm-hmm. be stuck when we're grieving in the past and mm-hmm. that you're overwhelmed with guilt and shame mm-hmm. and um, just such self-defeating behaviors or, or just stuck in the future in worry and anxiety and anxiety. stress and worried about yeah. the days to come. And one of the big gifts about grief recovery is being able to be fully present and, and to go into the next thing is that's the only way you can truly have clarity and boundaries in your life. If you've yeah. ever struggled with boundaries at all, and most of us, and I ask this in every class, and I get a resounding 100% hands raised when I ask mm-hmm. how many of you have struggled with boundaries, um, mm-hmm. either physical, verbal, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it's a really amazing process that helps you get present. And in that, you get to have mm-hmm. a clarity that you've never had before. And you get to understand boundaries on a whole different way. It's just, it's yeah. enormous. It's enormous. A lot of times people, you don't realize when you come into, to working on maybe um, realizing that you have a loss and you want to work on it, you, you have no idea all that you're about to experience in a class of grief recovery mm-hmm. because we talk about all of these things and it opens up so much mm-hmm. more than what you actually kind of come in for, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yes. Totally. And um, I do want to, uh, if you want, Isa, I can share a little bit about, we do have a class coming up in January and um, yeah. that class will be in Austin, Texas. And it mm-hmm. is going to, we have a free informational meeting on Monday, January 7th. And there is no better way to start off your year than getting these tools because literally you will graduate from this class with tools that will help you for a lifetime. You will, you will go back to these tools again and again. And it's just, and it's also an incredible community, um, to be connected to. You'll never be without a safe person to talk to, <laughs> um, even yeah. after the class for sure. But yeah. the class is, um, Monday from seven to nine. Um, it's in central Austin. Uh, we will be meeting for the next nine weeks, every Monday night at a place called impact hub. And if you are not in the Austin area, you can find out where you can go to an outreach program by going on the griefrecoverymethod.com website, and you can type Mm -hmm. in your zip code. And there's a directory of people like me that are specialists all over. We're all over the world at this point, actually. And you can find something near you. Um, But we would love to see you if you are in the Austin area. And even if you're anywhere nearby, I've had people drive, drive in from Kerrville, drive from San Antonio Mm -hmm. uh, once a week for nine weeks. Trust me, it's worth it. It's so worth it. Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. find out details about the Austin class by going to freedomfromgrief.com forward slash register. And Mm -hmm. that registration will hold your space for the free info meeting. And there's no commitment. You're welcome to come. You're welcome to hear all about. We'll have people sharing about their experience. We'll be sharing about what the class is all about. We'll have some 
goodies to eat and drink as well. And um, there's no pressure at all. You can decide then and there if, if it's something that you want to explore. And um, I'm really excited for uh, the January class always has a lot of great energy and excitement. People are just really ready to, to dive in. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm really encouraged. And I really hope that these, these kind of steps, these, th- these, that you can keep these in the forefront of your mind as you're navigating through feelings that come up over these holidays for sure. Yeah. I, I have to say though, this, this class really saved my life because, um, I, uh, this year has been extremely difficult for me. Um, and I know the last probably four months have been the best four months of my life. Oh, that's awesome. Ever. <laughs> um, but I don't know that, I don't know that, it, that it, that I would have done what I've done uh, with like traveling and, you know, uh, experiencing new things and all, all that I've done in the last four months. I don't know that I would have been able to do that. Have I not had taken this class? Mm, um, wow. You talked, you talked about being present, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, the feeling of, of being complete with a certain relationship or situation that happened. Um, that's, that's been my experience. And, um, there's no way that I would have been able to, uh, you know, go off, uh, to a different country without having a, a, a plan really, um, mm. and, and be gone for, for a month and a half, uh, you know, just exploring and experiencing new things and meeting new people and, um, finding out that life is more than just my stuff, you know, mm, it's awesome. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> so this class is, is highly recommended. Um, it's been, it's been my lifeline. And I know, you know, when I first said yes, I, I already knew I didn't even, there's some of you that are probably listening right now and you know, you're supposed to do this class. And if, if that's you, then I would get a hold of Vicki Hagedorn on Facebook and, um, just, just, just commit and, and do, do the class. Um, cause that was me when I first heard about it, uh, like I've heard about it, but then I heard about it again <laughs> when I really needed to go. And I, and I, I just knew I needed to go. Like there was, you know, and it required me to be locked down, you know, in a certain area for, um, for the nine weeks. And, that was hard for me. I, I like to move around a lot. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I, I like to move. <laughs> and, and for me to say, okay, I'm going to take these next nine weeks and just hunker down and deal with this stuff, you know, and get through and having, you know, uh, gone through a divorce and really needing to, to, to work through some stuff. Um, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. I'm so, so glad I did. Mm. And I knew taking this class that it wasn't, it wasn't going to be the end for me. I knew that there was going to be still more stuff for me to work through more relationships for me to work through. And, and so that's kind of, it's still my journey. It's still, I'm still on the path of that. And, um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful for the tools 
that I've received in that class because because this this really is for me uh, a really hard time uh, of the year mm. uh, for me and and not just because my mom had you know I, I lost my mom during this time of the year but I a lot of things have happened during this time of the year mm. like and it's weird like that date December 21st is is that date is you know a hard date um a lot of things have happened on that date and um and so for me personally and I just really felt like I have friends that have lost loved ones this year you know and mm-hmm. I'm thinking of them I'm I'm praying for them I'm um I'm hurting for them you know um during this time mm-hmm. people that have lost their dads um uh their their aunts you know a good friend um, and that's just, that's, that's on the deaf side of things, you know, that's not even, um, you know, people that have had just a rough year, mm-hmm. period, you know, a lot of things, a lot of losses. And, um, and I just, I'm really grateful that you were able to come on and talk about this and, uh, yeah, thank get you. some tools to us. So thank, thank you. you so much. Uh, yes. it's, it's, it, you know, just, uh, What's the website again? I just want to make sure people got it. Sure. Um, Yes, the website is freedomfromgrief.com. And if you go to freedomfromgrief.com forward slash register, that's where you'll get all the information for the class coming up in January. And yeah, if you want to reach me too, you can reach me at freedomfromgrief at gmail.com as well. Oh, good. Yeah, and on Facebook I am. There's and there's a Freedom from Grief Facebook page, and I'm also Vicky Hagedorn on Facebook as well. And you can message me. Um, yeah, I'm excited, and um, yeah, make sure that you stay connected. And um, Issa's doing great stuff with this Chasing Light webcast. It's so really cool to be connected to your journey, Issa, and all that you're doing. And I'm excited for the next year for. All, all that you have planned. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been fun <laughs> and stretching <laughs> and stretching yeah. out of my comfort zone yes. completely. And there's one more thing that's on my heart for some reason. And I, I want to make sure that I shared is um, I shared at the sure. beginning that I have a background in recovery. I, I am 25 years sober and Um, I do have a special heart for people that are in recovery or that struggle with addiction. And I want to share that this is such an important part of recovery. And if you are in a recovery program, I can't express how much this will support and transform your program. Um, Also, to let you know that unresolved grief is underneath almost all addiction, So Mm. that's how it transforms because if you get down into the roots, like we were talking about, um, how a tree will have fruit and branches and, and we talk about Mm -hmm. what, you know, what happens when you prune that tree and when you just do programs or, or, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you, you know, go on your will and, and that can take you far, but it's like pruning and pruning and, and you work really hard, but the same fruit will grow back if you don't plant new seed and this process is yanking out that tree and planting in new seed because there's nothing more frustrated than doing things 
that create maybe change, but then you go back and you relapse or you gain the weight back or, you know, like all those things. And so it's really important to recognize that there is, there is a way that you can have longer lasting change, long lasting. Mm -hmm. And, and that process is painful, but it's possible. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we do it together. You're never in it alone and it, it will really transform wherever you are and whatever you're doing, whether you're in recovery or therapy, it will help transform all of it. It's very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you said that. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, next week is, is Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. Um, And uh, we won't be doing another podcast until the, the beginning of the year. But I wanted to to do this and put it out. I'm going to put it out today. Um, uh, it's very important. Uh, it's heavy on my heart. And I'm so glad you were able to join us and, and just speak on this because you obviously have more of a, of a staff than I do <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. And, um, and I didn't, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk about it. Um, with you and and get you on the line and so I'm really grateful um I hope you guys uh enjoyed this podcast and um we'll see you in the new year okay talk to you soon